we have the best story. And ultimately, the, the best story is going to win the culture. And if we're not telling the best story, then we're not going to win the culture. So that's my quick why to do it. In terms of the how, I would pivot and say, um, first of all, look inside your church if you can. And you would be surprised who's inside your church. And beyond, like when I say look, that means like put the call out there. If it's you're in a smaller church um, and you know, like your, your call for volunteers only happens once a year or you have an announcement, put something out there and it says, hey, does anybody have this skill? And see who comes forth. The reason I say that is you will be pleasantly surprised to see that there's a teenager who's doing video blogs and you had no idea that he had the skill until you made the ask uh, and put it out there. A lot of times churches will uh, think they don't have anyone because they've never made the ask. And that teenage video blogger doesn't think they can participate in church ministry because they don't know how to work in youth ministry or they can't lead a group or they can't preach. And so they're disqualified from ministry. Helping church leaders amplify their impact and reach their communities. This is the Amplified Impact Podcast. Hey, digital communicators. This is the Amplified Impact Podcast, where we help church leaders amplify their impact and reach their community. I'm your host, Johnny Flash, and the voice that you just heard at the beginning of the episode was Ben Stapley. He's our featured guest today on episode number eight, Building Creative Volunteer Teams. Before we jump into the episode, though, I, I just want to share I, yesterday from when we're recording this, I was at the Church Network Conference and I got to speak there and do a workshop for a group of folks. And it was just a great time. I love connecting with everyone from around the country. And if you were there, I uh, had a great time connecting with you as well. Hope you enjoyed the conference. It was great to go into the city. You know, I live outside of Washington, D.C. in Fairfax, Virginia. So um, I try to avoid the traffic as much as I can, but it was great to be downtown and uh, be at the Church Network Conference. So Hey, if you didn't know, there's a video version of this show available on our website at amplifiedimpact.org. We'd love for you to check that out. And of course, you can go on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast so that you'll be able to get all of the episodes downloaded to your electronic device uh, automatically, which would be great. And you'll definitely want to check out the show notes page for this episode on amplifiedimpact.org because uh, Ben has provided a number of links to some great videos that you can use to train and coach up your creative volunteers. And so we'll talk a little bit about how to use those in our conversation, but you'll definitely want to check those out. They're available on the show notes page. Well, let's get right to it. Uh, ben Stapley is the creative arts pastor at Liquid Church in New Jersey, and he speaks and he teaches and he does radio stuff and photography and videography and all kinds of stuff. And he just really has a passion for the church. And so I know you're going to really enjoy my conversation with Ben. Hey, Ben, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Great to be here. Thank you, Johnny. Hey, Ben, for those of you uh, that for those that don't maybe know your background, why don't you just give kind of a, a quick version of your story, kind of what, what you've done and where you're at now? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm a Canadian, so you might hear some of my accent come out. Just want to call that out up front. That's awesome. And um, I, uh, I got my BA in video communications out in Chicago. I went back to Toronto to work as a television reporter and producer. At the time, I was uh, dating long distance with my, with my fiancé, and it was kind of like your country or mine, and <laughs> she said, you know, I don't know if my church realizes it. She was down in Jersey at the time. She said, but I think my church would 
benefit from your communication, production, uh, creative skills. And so uh, I came on down and worked for a church uh, here in Jersey, Southridge Community Church, for a decade. Had a great opportunity to help them advance the kingdom of God. Uh, and for the last two years, I've been the creative arts pastor at Liquid Church here in New Jersey as well. Uh, Liquid Church, we have uh, six campuses and about 3,500 people on a, on a given weekend. So that's my quick nutshell version of who I am. And I'm and, um, just kind of curious for myself, do those campuses, do they have one or two services each? Or how many services are happening on a Sunday? Yeah, so all of our camp, uh, we have two or three services at each of our campuses. Okay. So 12 to 18 services somewhere in there on a Sunday morning. I think we're at 15 right okay. now. We'll bump that up for the holiday services, but that's what we have on a given Sunday. Wow, so that's a, yeah, that's a lot of coordination. That's awesome. So um, one thing that I wanted to pick your brain on, because I, I, I know that you, you are, well, you have many talents. I've, I've seen, you know, radio and video and photography and preaching and teaching and all these great things, which is awesome. Uh, and in many ways I can relate because I feel like I'm like, you know, do a lot of different things as well. But one thing that I wanted to kind of have a conversation with you about was just this whole idea of recruiting photo volunteer photographers and videographers to capture what's going on in the life of the church. Because I think right now, yeah. you know, the stories are so important and with the technologies on the web where you can play video in the background and you can easily publish your own content, you know, um, there's more and more opportunity to utilize that kind of content and a desire to do so. But I think at least the churches that I talk to, they often don't have anyone that's capturing those photos or videos. So where would a church start if they don't have any volunteer photographers, videographers, where would you recommend, like, how do they start to build this kind of team? Yeah. I, even before we go to how, mm -hmm. let me just jump in and say the why. You yeah. touched a little bit on this, but I'm sure we have some people who are communicators, comm directors, creative, you know, creative people. But I'm sure you might have some lead pastors or teaching pastors who might be listening in and might be checking out saying, hey, this is the artsy-fartsy stuff. This doesn't apply to me or my church. Yeah. And I would just like, like to take a minute to cast a, cast a strong vision to say that we have the best story to tell in culture, and so we should tell it well. Uh, and because of that, we, we have a visual story, right? You think of people being baptized, like going under the water, coming back up, like us eating communion, like ripping bread and taking juice. Uh, there's so many visual aspects of our faith that we need to be able to, to, to document, to capture, and to share those with the world to express who we are. So our, 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 our position and our outward facing isn't just propositional truths or theological statements and the what we believe statement on our page. But we visualize what we're about as well. Hey, we're, we're in a church that believes in a, a life, abundant life. And look, we actually have some photos of people smiling um, because we, we believe it's true. And that's what happens here at our, our church every Sunday. Why don't you come and experience it? So my, my sales pitch would be that even before the how, think about the why, that we, we have the best story. And ultimately, the, the best story is going to win the culture. And if we're not telling the best story, then we're not going to win the culture. So that's my quick why to do it. In terms of the how, I would pivot and say, um, first of all, look inside your church if you can. And you would be surprised who's inside your church. And beyond, like when I say look, that means like put the call out there. If it's you're in a smaller church um, and you know, like your, your call for volunteers only happens once a year or you have an announcement, put something out there and it says, hey, does anybody have this skill? And see who comes forth. The reason I say that is you will be pleasantly surprised to see that there's a teenager who's doing video blogs and you had no idea that he had the skill until you made the ask uh, and put it out there. 
a lot of times churches will uh, think they don't have anyone because they've never made the ask. And that teenage video blogger doesn't think they can participate in church ministry because they don't know how to work in youth ministry or they can't lead a group or they can't preach. And so they're disqualified from ministry. And maybe so, they haven't even seen the church use much video or whatever. And so they don't think that there's a place for their passion and skills. Yeah. So that, that, the first one is to make the, the ask mm -hmm. and then also to incorporate it. So what you, sh what you show is what you attract. And if, you, if you're taking your whole service to, to, to show you know, 30 minutes of music and 40 minutes of preaching, well, people think that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not a musician, I'm not a preacher, so I can't use my skills. Mm -hmm. But during your announcements time, if you talked about the incredible summer retreat that the students had, and you showed some photos behind you, and you mentioned, hey, one of our photographers took these, ding, 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 that signals, that flags to any of those volunteers, videographers or photographers, mm -hmm. that my skills can be used and, and highlighted in a service in a church setting, I might consider now doing this. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, it's, I think it's so important, too, because... You know, a lot of churches will just be like, oh, can we just use the stock images or whatever, you know? And it's like, it's not the same as when they see your people. And they're like, we can kind of all spot the stock photo, right? You go on the website and you're like, oh, that's the cheesy guy with the suit or with it, you know, whatever that I've seen on every website. And so there's, uh, it immediately breaks down the, the, the trust level and the authenticity that you're trying to communicate when you have those stock photos, right? Yeah, so, so beyond looking inside your own community, um, the next thing I'd say is hire outside of the community as well. Mm -hmm. So you might say, we don't have somebody who can take uh, good enough photos for our, our marquee images on our website. Well, then hire a photographer to come in on a Sunday morning, do it once a year, twice a year, and say, hey, take great photos. Go to our five key ministry areas mm -hmm. and make sure you capture those candid images. So when people come, they, they see who we are. And that's just a good like um, communication and promotion best practice because you don't want to be bait and switch. You don't want to grab uh, photos from Hillsong and put them on your website and then people show up and it's an acoustic guitar player, which no, no, don't, no disrespect to acoustic sure. guitar. I love that. But you don't want to have a bait and switch where people go to your website, they see one thing and then they experience something else. Um, and then also for like, the, the smaller churches utilize what you have and showcase that not everyone wants to be a part of a large church mm -hmm. and kind of get lost in the sea if your identity and your selling point is small intimacy where people know each other and the pastor is going to know your name and shake your hand on the way out then highlight that because there are going to be lots of people in your community that are looking for that so don't try to be something that you're not um yeah so hire out when you can that but photographer or even that videographer, if you need that um, what to expect video mm -hmm. on your homepage, you might not have the talent. Resource that, and uh, and then again, that'll that'll attract people, right? Then the videographers, oh, I didn't know you wanted somebody. I saw that video. Can I can I do it next time? Yeah. So once you make the ask and you've got someone who's you know said, hey, I, I'm I'm interested in this, or I have a nice DSLR camera, I'm willing to take some photos for the church. Then then what's the next step there? What do you what do you encourage people to do? I always like to give them an opportunity to fail first, so I don't try to throw them on the big project. Um, where if they're an unknown commodity, if they don't if they don't have a profile, uh, a portfolio yet, and if you haven't seen their demo reel, because they don't have a demo reel, mm -hmm. that's fine. They give them opportunities to fail and um, let them take photos or videos uh, of something that's going to have a smaller distribution, so it might not land on your homepage on your website, mm -hmm. and it might not be a video that you show in service, but it would be photos that you email. In your, in your weekly email, or it's going to be a video that you'll put out on social, but you know it has a smaller reach, 
It's more of your insiders. And so you're okay if the production level is a little bit lower. So, so once you have that volunteer and if you don't know where they are, find out a low level of involvement where they can test you out and you, you can test them out and then go from there. Oh, they exceeded. They did better than what you thought. Okay, now throw them at that premiere video, that testimony that's going to play in your, in your message and it's going to captivate hearts. Uh, then give them that. But always give them a chance to fail with something smaller first where you can give them coaching and feedback, help them grow, and then push them on to the next level. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. So um, you've got this bo- volunteer too. They've taken their first set of photos. I know one thing that churches kind of struggle with is what's the best way to get those photos? Do we have the volunteer edit their own photos? Do we get the raw files? Like, And I know you can do this a million different ways, but what are some tips or some uh, guidelines or just some things that you found that work well in terms of just the process of you know mm-hmm. scheduling, getting the photos, and kind of keeping track of all those photos. Yes, the first one is um, first suggestion is uh, when I tell, especially uh, photographers, is don't just uh, take photos of your crush. Mm-hmm. This y'all see this a lot of times during a VBS week where you have a, a high school guy and you look through his photos. You're like, I keep seeing the same girl <laughs> in these photos again and again. I think you might have a crush. So um, don't just photograph your crush or your friends. Mm-hmm, Make mm-hmm. sure you capture everybody. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I tell people is um, get rid of all your bad photos. So you you took the photos. You captured them. You know which ones are better. You go through the editing process as well. So as the general rules, have them own the process as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the capture, that's the select, that's the edit down. So, hey, give me, give me. I want 100 photos from this event. But then you select the top 20 and uh, take those raw files and edit those down. Because I want to be able to post those on Facebook. I don't want to have to weed through your, your 100 mediocre fo- photos. I want those in case I want to come back to them. Uh, but I also want a folder of 20 great folders. So mm-hmm. I, always, I always ask that. Give me 100 of your good photos and then another folder of 20 of your great photos. Um, I usually ask for the the raw files and then on the edited ones, can you give me the JPEGs? So that's in case I need to go back and touch up the, the raw ones. I have them on file. But then I have the edited JPEG ones that I can export right away across any, uh, any platform that I want. Um, usually what I'll tell people is send me a Dropbox link and that's the easiest way for me to archive it. If you want to make it even easier for your volunteers, um, you can use a service that I've used in the past called Drop It To Me, okay. where what you do is um, you go into your Dropbox account and you've already archived things. You, you have your photos you're based upon ministry, based upon years, however you archive it, mm-hmm. and then you just send them the link. Then what they do is when they upload them to the link, it automatically goes to that folder and you don't need to do any ar- archiving on the back end. It's called Drop It To Me. It's a little bit more work on your end but it makes the volunteer experience better, and then the archiving is all done, which is like the, which the next big thing, right? You got to archive this stuff, right? Right, because you look at the month ahead. You could make your folders for your different ones. You could send them the drop it to me link. They drop all their, you know, different photographers drop their photos in, and then and then what do you do with the archive in terms of after a few months have gone by and you've already pushed out those images and stuff like that? And then then what? So. In terms of the archiving, I always make sure you have it in two different places. I like to have it in a physical place on, a, on an external hard drive mm-hmm. and in a digital space. Uh, usually a Dropbox is a, is a great place to, to utilize for archiving. I like to do one because usually one will get corrupted. Uh, sorry, I like to do two because one will get corrupted. Even Dropbox, I've had this where I've lost uh, thousands of images in wow. the past. And if I wasn't 
I'm backing it up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They are pretty stable, mm-hmm. but no place is perfect. Sure. And so make sure you always have it on two, um, two different places so that you don't get burned mm-hmm. by that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then in terms of, uh, I know, you know, coaching um, photographers up or videographers mm-hmm. up, you know, you can kind of tell when someone has potential, but maybe they need a little coaching. And then there's obviously times where someone thinks that they're going to be the great photographer and like, despite coaching and stuff, they're just, they don't have the eye for it or whatever. Um, how do you handle both kind of the coaching up and maybe saying, hey, maybe there's a different spot in ministry for you if, if it feels like it's really just not going to work? Yeah. The, one of the biggest things I've learned over over a decade with working with artists in the church is there's there's two um, two polar opposites that churches will oftentimes lean towards and neither work well. You kind of have to find the sweet spot in the middle. The one is you, you don't resource at all, right? It's like you come. So the, the mindset there is come to me. And unless you're completely proficient, I can't help you out at all, and I can't work with you, so see you later. And That doesn't work at all. Uh, on the other end, it's you have somebody coming in, and, hey, I've just picked up this camera. Can you show me how to do it? And you interact with the artist as though it's a school mentality, and I'm here to completely do all your training. And to get Well, churches don't have that bandwidth to get people from green to experience. And so that's another polar extreme I encourage churches to, to shy away from. So the sweet spot in the middle is... Uh, you work with people, and if they don't show the potential, if they don't show the capacity yet, then you already have training resources available for them to help them get to the next level. Mm-hmm. That's tutorial videos. Um, that's that's YouTube. <laughs> that's that's a lot of those sites where you you already know. Hey, you want to do photography? I've seen your photos, but we're gonna you're gonna have to learn composition, exposure, and um, it, it, and whatever else it may be. Mm-hmm. Here's a laundry list of videos that I want you to work look at work on. And then you come back to me with your improvements, and then we'll go from there. Mm. And that's the be- and that, that that principle to to re- to to not disregard and not to train, but to resource artists works across the board: photographers, videographers, graphic designers, stage design, worship team. There's a lot of artists that fit there where you can't disregard them uh, because it's it's our, it's our job as leaders and pastors to shepherd these people. But we're not a school. You don't. The church isn't designed. To take these people from zero to 100, the sweet spot is to resource them. So um, go up there and just have that resource checklist ready so that if you see somebody who has potential well, not there yet, you can say this. Uh, and then also that helps to self-identify. Does someone want to get better? Do they want to do the legwork to grow their craft or, do they, or don't they? Do they just want to, hey, use me right now where I'm at? And if they don't, then they probably haven't shown the right heart for you to engage with them. To, to utilize their service. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of just having, you know, a list of some uh, different videos for maybe different volunteer areas that you can just kind of point someone to so that you're not totally putting them off. You're not kind of closing the door completely, but you're giving them an opportunity if they really if they really are as passionate as they say they are, right, to, uh, to work at this area and to kind of um, help them get to the next level without obviously taking all the time to do it yourself. I think that's really great. And I think I know, I know for me, when I was in the creative pastor role, you would, especially in the worship area, it seems like there would be a lot of people that like, they want to sing or they want to play and they're, you know, they maybe have some skill, but they're not at a level yet where they could be utilized in some of the venues or whatever. And, uh, so I think that's, I think that's really good. I like, I like that. For, for the photographers out there as well, there's a great Facebook group uh, called Church Photography. I think they've got about 1,000 members run okay. by Dave Adamson from North Point Community Church. And that's a, great, um, that's a great site for photographers to say, hey, here's a photo of mine 
uh, how can I get better? And for a group to do that self-critique and to grow as a community. So if you're if photographers out there, strongly encourage that Facebook group, Church Photographers. That's great. That's great. This is this is really helpful. So, um, and then this is kind of related, but a little bit kind of turning here into more of the video side. You know, do you tend to have the volunteers, you know, film the you know film video or B roll or whatever, or are they editing it down some or like? How much have you been able to get um, videographers involved at what, what level? Yeah, so videographers is a little bit tricky because the, the knowledge base to get somebody up to speed of photography is here, but videography it's a little bit higher because it, it involves the, the image uh, and the sound, which obviously photography is just, just the still image. So the, the learning curve is a little bit higher, and you may have a smaller bandwidth of people serving. Just want to call that out upfront because of that. And that being said, there's a lot of videos that a growing videographer could produce for your uh, for for your church. What I what I encourage you if you're like just starting into this is the best initial step is the the recap or highlight video where you have your Christmas services. Great, you know your 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 attendance goes up. A lot of people are there. Everyone looks good, dressed really nice. It's a very visual environment. Uh, get a videographer to capture that. People coming in smiling, uh, lighting the Christmas Eve ca candles, the whole bit, uh, and then get them to to cut that down to a 60-second video, put some um, Christmas music underneath it, and then you can show that in your services, and then you can, since it's 60 seconds, you can um, then put, put that out in your social media feeds, uh, especially Instagram and Twitter, which limits you to 60 seconds um, the following week. So that's a first great step. If a church has never done this, I'd encourage you to take that step first and do that for multiple events. You know, Christmas, Easter, VBS week is another great thing. Kids smiling, you know, water balloons. It's a very visual environment. You need something visual. And uh, it's an easy way for, for a videographer to cut their teeth. Then the next step would be a testimonial video. Okay, now we involve a little more storytelling. Now we involve audio. We're capturing their story. We're taking a 30-minute interview and condensing it down to three minutes. Uh, it's a new set of skill sets, but that would be the next step. And then after that would probably be the, your, your message bumper. So you have a message series. What are you doing to promote that? Uh, what are you doing in the service to, to transition from whatever happened before towards your message? Uh, message video bumpers or, or message trailers work really well. That would kind of be the next more advanced step for your videographer. Hmm, that's great. That's great. Uh, before we move on to the Amplified Impact Round, I want to just kind of ask you two more questions kind of related to this uh, photographer volunteer stuff. And that is, do you have your photographers and your videographers sign any kind of agreement in terms of the church having use of that content that they're taking or, or anything like that? No, I haven't. Um, I haven't been burnt on that. Okay. And it, I probably wouldn't. Hopefully, you have a relationship where um, that's not going to come up. Mm -hmm. And if, if you feel that you're interacting with somebody and they're maybe a bit more of a prima donna or sending you some flags and signals mm -hmm. that that's going to be an issue, I would. But I wouldn't um, start the relationship with that because it, it kind of sows seeds of distrust. Sure. But on the flip side, in terms of sign-off and releases, definitely have within your children's ministry that worked into your, your sign-off for your parents. That, that was my next question I was going to ask you yes. about. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I haven't found that issue with photographers that they're very generous with. Their, they're, they're serving. They want their work to get out there. And there usually isn't, unless like something implodes and they have a really bad breakup with their church and they come back and say, please don't use my photos. Okay, that's understandable. Yeah. Uh, but that's the rare case. So I use that as the exception. But the, 
the, the rule for parents is they need to know their kids are going to be used for promotional purposes. Um, so have that on the sign up for any. So, and that's the first thing, right? Um, I'm checking in my child, how, whatever your system is, have that boilerplate in there that um, you can use my child for promotional purposes. Now, just because you got them to sign off on that, you still need to exhibit wisdom um, when you're promoting things and, and how you're using the photo. So, like, for example, for me, for my photographers, coming back to like VBS, oftentimes VBS will have a water day where the kids you know, get their bathing suits on and run around and shoot and have fun. Um, we don't show those photos. That's just wisdom there. We're not going to show photos of kids in bathing suits um, anywhere. And so there's some like some best practices that we have in relationship to modesty, um, in relationship to vulnerability, that we're not going to show those things. And that just builds trust and credibility with your parents. So even though I signed off on a photo of my child, I don't want to see them um, on, the, on the big screen in their bikini. It's just some wisdom there to use. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Any other kind of before we shift topics here, anything else you think that would be helpful um, on this topic that you want to share? The um, Again, it's just coming back to the vision that there is a slew of creative people in your church, photographers, videographers, and beyond that are not utilizing their skills for the kingdom because we haven't made that ask. We haven't incorporated them. And so my like one of my passions is that churches would get better at that and put that call out there, not only to use their skills and that they would be like the full person who God designed them to be, but that the church would be better equipped to communicate the grand story that they have. And so for anyone listening, it's like that's the one takeaway is get those people plugged in. It might be a little bit messy. Uh, it might be a, a little more um, nonlinear because they're artists and... Um, yeah, this is my last principle: is the embracing the 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 belong before you behave mm -hmm. principle, especially with artists, mm -hmm. where we like to know, right? For our leaders, um, is Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord? Uh, when did you ex give me the date where you accepted Him? And that works for some people, but most artists, videographers, photographers aren't thinking that way, and they might not be wired that way. And if you really pigeonhole what your expectation is for someone serving, mm. you may alienate those people that are a little more abstract and non-linear in their thinking. Mm. So just as you approach, I'm not saying get rid of your standards, have your standards, but maybe relax them a bit in terms of the language you use with your volunteer videographers and photographers mm. for that end. Mm. That's great, that's great. This is this is really helpful, I think, for folks that are listening that, um, that are just want to get those photos and those video clips captured, but just aren't sure where to start. So this has been really helpful. Let's jump into our Amplified Impact Speed Round. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and uh, you can just kind of fire off some answers there, and then we'll wrap up here. So uh, what's the first thing that any new church communicator or director, creative arts pastor, needs to know? What is the DNA and the culture of your church? So you can't communicate all, all things. You need to know what you're communicating. And if you're stepping into a new church, or maybe maybe you've worked at a church for a year or two, and you, you're communicating stuff, but you don't know what the church is, you need to figure out what that is. And sometimes that is an opportunity for you to lead up, because the executive pastor, the lead pastor, the leadership of the church hasn't identified that. We're just we're kind of doing church, uh, but they don't know how what God has uniquely called them to be. And so you need to know that, and that might be an opportunity for you to say, hey, let's have that conversation. Um, what are our unique distinctives as a church body? And now that I know that as a communicator, I can communicate. But until I, I know what those are, I'm just saying, we're a church. Come visit us Yeah, uh, yeah. with nothing particular. Uh, that's great. What, what's the best thing that you've done to attract new visitors, either at Liquid Church or at the church you were at previously? What's, what's something that you would recommend trying? You know, I, 
Facebook ads is a big one. And everyone's going to tell you as a communicator, you know, throw all your resources there, which is great. Um, I still like actually using physical things because so much marketing has pivoted and gone digital that when you receive or see a physical um, marketing tool, communication tool, it catches you off guard. So I go through my, my, my mailbox and it's, you know, it's, it's mailer, it's bill, it's junk. Oh, glossy invitation to a church to come to the Easter services with a bright photo of a bunny. That catches my attention because my mailbox usually doesn't get that type of stuff. So I'd say the physical stuff. One actually I used um, at a church I was at before that was highly successful was car magnets. Um, we bought a thousand of these. We gave them up to our congregation. People put them. Anytime I'm back in that community, that was like five, eight years ago. Um, I still see those magnets driving around that community wow. um, since then because people, it's a chance for, it's, hey, it's a chance for the, the congregation to own it, right? Mm-hmm. You're always going to have your biggest sales um, when people own the thing and it's word of mouth. I believe in this thing. So you equip your congregation to be your marketing tools. And then when you're sitting in traffic in front of you, the only thing you stare at is someone's bumper. So, okay, political statement, political statement. Oh, a church. That's something new. Mm-hmm. It catches me off guard. Mm-hmm. What, um, what would you give for any tips for planning or promoting sermon series? This is actually really timely. I'm teaching a workshop on this tomorrow. So if you've got any nuggets for us, uh, we'd love to, love to hear them. Um, it has to be, it has to be catchy. Uh, it has to, you know, it, we use the term like sexy. It's got to capture people's attention and imagination. Uh, and if it doesn't, if it's, uh, if it, if it's, if it's boring, if you're bored by it, then you're, your people are going to be really bored by it. So I'd say like push the envelope there. Try to be creative in what you're doing um, with your message series. And, um, and uh, of course, make it visual. So tie your series to around to something visual and make it positive. I was, um, I was at a church recently and they had the, the 10 habits of the chronically unhappy, uh, of the 10 habits of chronically unhappy people. And I was like, man, that series had so much potential if you just pivoted it and said the 10 habits of happy people. Um, and, you know, so making sure sometimes at a church we can lead more with a stick instead of the carrot. And so make it positive. Uh, scratch an itch. Um, feel where people have those felt needs and, uh, and, and attack those felt needs. Yeah, and I think, I think all that can be done without compromising the message. Because I, I hear some pastor listening to us right now saying, oh, well, we can't do that because that'll water down or that'll, you know. And it's like this is just kind of the, the hook to get them in the door so they can hear the truth that you have, right? And so it doesn't have to compromise the message just because it's visually interesting and has a catchy title. Yeah, Jesus used hooks all the time. Yeah. So you, know, you want to look at like the greatest communicator, he did that. Like his miracles were, were that, right? They're testimonies to who God was. They're attention-getting devices where people then pay attention to his core message. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see, one more thing here. What's your favorite tool for ministry? Hmm, like uh, App, website, whatever kind yeah, of tool yeah. you find helpful. This is this is like might be a, a silly for me. It's 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 lunches where oftentimes I will. It's probably just the way I'm wired. I will power through my workday and not take those lunches. But uh, taking those times, especially with the creative teams that I lead, to say, hey, we're we're just going to go out for lunch and no work talk. So it's the biggest tool for me is those relationship building times because uh, if you're working with creative people, artists, photographers, videographers, worship team members. It's going to be a very uh, emotional time because I'm putting forth my, not my work but who I am. And when you critique it, it feels like you critique me. Mm-hmm. So unless you've established a, a foundation of trust and relationship and friendship to, to then go into those meetings or say, hey, that graphic isn't right, that photo was a little blurry, uh, then it's going to feel really challenging to mm-hmm. people. So the, the, biggest, the biggest tool I use 
is those relationship-building lunches. Mm, that's good. That's good. Um, you knew I was going to ask this because we had talked before we started rolling the camera, but who would you recommend that I ask, uh, you know, interview next on the podcast and why? Yeah, I could go through your laundry list of past guests and recommend all of them because they're all <laughs> all-stars. Um, but so I won't do that. I won't be uh, redundant. But a couple of people come to mind. Uh, Justin Dean, the co-founder of That mm -hmm. Church Conference, is a, is a quality communicator, uh, well-versed in a lot of things, especially PR-related matters. Um, um, Blaine uh, Hogan, the creative director at Willow Creek Community Church, uh, very sharp guy, love the aesthetic and the look and the feel that he's creating there. Uh, and then Katie Allred. Um, from the the Facebook group Ch Church Communicators, mm -hmm. she's a great um, guest as well. Has a lot of knowledge, and that's a great page for your people to check out. Uh, I think they got like ten thousand people on there right now. A uh, great forum for discussion as well. Sure, sure. No, well, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much, Ben. How can people can connect with you if they want to learn more or or connect with you online or social media? Yeah, you can check out my website at benstapley.info or just connect with me on social media at Ben Stapley. Would love to connect with people. Ben, thanks so much again. This has been wonderful. And I think this is going to really help uh, churches move the needle in this area. And so thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, it was really great to connect with Ben and I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Definitely go over to his website at benstapley.info and get all you can get all of his social media links there and connect with him that way. Let him know how much you appreciate his insights. And Ben, we really do thank you and appreciate it. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. Also, go to the amplifiedimpact.org website. All the other links that uh, were mentioned are on there, so you can get those there. And I hope that you have some time this summer. I know it's the middle of summer. I hope you have some time planned for a little R&R. I personally will be going to the Outer Banks next month, and I'm really looking forward to getting away for a couple of weeks and just relaxing with family. So I hope you've got something planned to rest and catch up with your family and friends as well. Well, it's been great. I hope to connect with you again soon. Until then, amp it up.